Talking Heads is brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Enter promo code TALKING at FanDuel.com to play a risk-free tournament for up to 10 bucks. We're also sponsored by the SeatGeek app, the easiest way to find a great deal. Pay for your ticket and get to your seat. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code TALKING for $20 off your first purchase. When you can make history, why is there a debate whether to attempt it? When you ruin history by misreading a card, how do you rectify it? Here's my advice to Cam Newton and the Panthers. Don't listen to anyone these next two weeks, especially Steve Harvey. And welcome to the latest edition of Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein. In my basement in Connecticut, Mark Stern is in Washington, D.C. Hello, Mark. Happy holidays, Bram. Yes, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to everybody out there, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas or something in between. Happy holidays. Hope you enjoy it. Safe New Year, all that. We do have one more um, before the end of the new year, which is going to be a spill my beans um, (laughs) about my year of 2015 where I made bad decision after bad decision. And I can't wait to share with you and make make Mark be my psychologist as I head into 2016 (laughs) and try to get my life back together. I'm happy to do that. You can lay on my couch anytime. All right, sounds well. You always want me to lay on your couch just for different reasons. I do say that a lot. The uh, the the team that doesn't need to speak to anybody are the Carolina Panthers. Who I would like to remind everybody. Um, I don't know if you if, if I mentioned this. I think I mentioned this a while back. Did I bet on them to win the Super Bowl in August? Yes, forty five to one. I forgot about that. Forty five to one. I have them. Not a lot of money on it, but still forty five to one. So I am feeling pretty smart right now. Yeah, they. That looks like a really good bet at this point. Uh, you know, they listen, they're undefeated. They're playing great. And even when they are challenged, as they were yesterday or whenever you're listening to this this past Sunday, they found a way to come up big when they needed to. Yeah. Um, here's the good news for them this weekend. If you're into history and I'm into history, I'd like to see somebody do it. Um, they play at one o'clock against Atlanta and Arizona, who can still get home field advantage by winning their last two at Carolina, losing out plays at four, which means Carolina has to play. So that's the really good news. They're going to start their guys. They have to assume that they have to win the game and then they can make a decision about week 17, whether they want to go for 16 and zero. but that's the really good news here. If you're somebody who wants to see history get made as I do. We have an opportunity at least to get through this week without having that question surrounding it because they can ignore all the naysayers of resting people because Atlanta stinks and they beat them 38 to nothing a couple of weeks ago that they have to at least try this weekend because they don't know what Arizona is going to do against Green Bay. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason. I mean, first of all, like you, I am somebody who loves history and I love to see the opportunity for history to be made. So I'm excited for this. And, yeah, I want to see these guys come out and play as if they needed to get two wins to actually get into the playoffs. That's how I w- That's the attitude I want them to have. Yeah, I want to see it, too, and I think we are going to get that from them. I, I want to say this, though, regardless of what happens this weekend, and if they do get a win, that's great. And this is going to be discussed now as well, like, you know, if they have a big lead, should they start pulling people out, all of that stuff, whatever. I want to say this right now, and I would hope that everybody on earth agrees with this. You don't often have a chance to make history. So I don't want to hear anyone debate whether they should go for it. I actually think that is the dumbest argument I've ever heard. Uh, Yes, the goal is to win a Super Bowl. But if you can do so in a manner by which that you can go down in the record books as having done something that no one has ever done before and would be very hard-pressed to replicate ever again, I don't even know why there's a question in your mind why you would consider not doing that like the Colts did a few years ago when they were 14-0 and pulled all of their guys and ended up not getting to 16-0 and not giving Peyton Manning a chance to have an undefeated record on his resume. This is crazy talk to me. For anyone to try to make any level of argument that they shouldn't try to go for this, I understand the risk factor of playing your final game if it is meaningless towards your goal of getting to the Super Bowl. But it's not meaningless. It means everything. It means history. It means a guy like Ted Ginn, who has been on 18 different teams and has never really amounted to much for any of them, can say for the rest of his life he did something no one else ever did. Or Greg Olson, or Jonathan Stewart, or Ryan Khalil. This isn't just about Cam Newton. It's about Ron Rivera. It's about everything that that organization can claim to be forever. So I have no idea why anybody would argue that they shouldn't go for it if they get to 15-0 and this weekend. I think they should definitively do it. And if anyone is saying otherwise turn off the tv turn off the radio don't read the internet don't read newspapers don't listen to any of it you are crazy if you don't go for this yeah to me this would be like running 
23 miles in a marathon and being like, I'm not going to finish it out. I know I can. I just don't want to finish it out because I might get hurt or whatever. You're that close to achieving something. And, and listen, a, a perfect season in football is a lot more rare than finishing and completing a marathon is. If you're that close to even having a shot to this, you, you owe it to yourself to leave it all out there and not say, wow, I really wish we had done things differently and gone for it because even if you win the Super Bowl and you lose the last two games of the regular season, that's great, and you're going to have that for the rest of your life. But we're talking about history. You you will never be topped in that. You might be equaled someday. And I know we can talk about the Dolphins, but there were fewer games in their schedule, and it's a completely different league now. But while I mention that, actually, that might be the number one reason these guys should go for it is to shut up Mercury Morris and all these other guys from the Dolphins who he loved to pop champagne. You know, week six, we're still undefeated. Nobody else is. I hope that somebody does it someday just to shut those guys up. You just mentioned Mercury Morris. The reason why Mercury Morris is still known today is because of that. Right. Because he reminds you every year. I was on the only team that did that. So guess what? That could be Josh Norman for the rest of his life. Right. I was on the guy who that did that. Or that could be Greg Olson. That could be any one of those players for the rest of their lives saying, we're popping the champagne now because no one ever has gone 19-0. And that's what we did. Yeah. You know what the thing that's odd about this as well is there are a lot of teams that you might – I mean, when Brady and those guys did it a few years ago, well, like, that's Tom Brady. He's won a bunch of Super Bowls. It's the Patriots. Belichick doesn't surprise me. It, when Manning was 14-0, you're like, yeah, this is what I expect him to do. But, you know, the Panthers? I don't know, did anybody see this coming like this? And so these guys are playing with house money. I did. Well, you did. I did. All right, you did. I'm the one. <laughs> I said 45-1 to is the best bet I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, you did have that one. You did. But did you see him going undefeated to this point in the season? No. I don't see anybody in this league going undefeated ever because there's too much parity in this league. And because of the salary cap and free agency, you're incapable of keeping a team together. Yeah. And they lost their best receiver in the preseason. So, And everyone said they don't have any weapons. And somehow they have the most prolific offense in the league. Yeah, they crush people. Uh, and, they, and here's the thing. And in that game with the Giants, the thing that stood out to me, and I know a lot of people saw this, was when the Giants tied it up late, there's the sideline shot of Cam Newton. He's just like, all right, we got this. And he looked completely comfortable making some miraculous plays. And this is like the whole thing is on the line for these guys at this point. And he's, you know, running at like it's, you know, eight on eight drill. It was it was amazing to me. He took a couple shots to the chest. He took a couple shots to the knee. His knee was iced. They were up 35-7. to seven, And the announcers were saying, well, they're going to pull him. Because, you know, they're up 35-7 to in the fourth quarter. And the Giants went down and scored. They made it 35-14. to So Cam kind of limbered off of the bench and went back in. And they kept, you know, repeating like, well, the Giants are going to have to score to stay in this game. Or they're going to pull Cam out. He kept having to play. He was clearly, injured's the wrong word, but he was banged up in this game. And he played through it. It was amazing. There's a stat I want to point out about them because I find this amazing. They have this record and Cam Newton is 15th in passing yardage in the league. You know, Jameis Winston has more than him. Ryan Fitzpatrick has more than him. Derek Carr has more than him. Kirk Cousins has more than him. Ryan Tannehill has more than him. But despite all of that, only Tom Brady has more touchdown passes than him. And there's no quarterback who has played every game this year like Cam has that has fewer pass attempts. How amazing is that? The numbers that he has posted this year. Amazing, incredible numbers. If he's not the MVP, I don't know who is this year. It's him. It's absolutely him, and I don't even – I mean, obviously he cements it if they win these last two games, but just he has won in a variety of different styles. And I guess his numbers aren't as big as some of those other guys because he's not playing in the second half because he's like, hey, we're up by 30, so I guess the, you know, the backups can get in right now. It's, it really has been just an astonishing season that those guys have put together. You know, I, the not going to be the MVP this year, of course, is Peyton Manning. And I'm curious. I hope someone asks him this this week because it was not that long ago that he had a 14-0 team that decided to pull him and not go for 16-0. I mean, the backups could have won the games, but they didn't end up winning the games, and they ended up not winning the Super Bowl that year. So I wonder if someone would ask Peyton Manning if he regrets that or what he, how he feels about it now, that he had a shot at that, but they didn't get it in the end. He's got nothing else to talk about, and he's being bombarded with reports. Um, there was one recently that said uh, that Peyton Manning had basically told the Broncos that if he's not the starter, you know, he's just not going to be anybody's backup, which I kind of, listen, I'd like to ding the bell again a few weeks ago. I said he's going to do a push 
comes to shove situation. He's Peyton Manning. He's not going to be Brock Osweiler's backup if he is healthy. And he was asked about this report. It actually said, this is incredible, that Peyton Manning said this on the record. It's bullshit. And it's insulting. And when they asked him if that was on the record, he said, yes, I can't say it any more plainly than that. He said, bullshit. Have you ever heard Peyton Manning curse about anything before? It was amazing. No, that is great. The, that's the only thing close I can think of is when he crushed Vanderjack at the Pro Bowl. He's like, oh, yeah, our idiot kicker all liquored up. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it, that's fairly blunt for Mr. Manning. So, yeah, and I, I, I'm with you. If he's healthy, I, whatever he says about this, whether he's going in there and laying an ultimatum down on on coach's desk or not, he's not a guy. He's like I'm Peyton Manning. I'm not if, if I don't if I'm not going to be starting, then I don't want to be playing because I don't need to do this anymore. So here's what they got: Cincinnati and San Diego are their last two games. Both of them are at home. Um, but if they go one and one, they could miss the playoffs oh. at eleven and five, which is amazing that they would miss the playoffs with eleven wins. But it is possible here because if they go one and one. And the Steelers and the Jets both finish with two wins. The Jets do have to play the Patriots, but it is at home. Um, if they both finish 2-0 and and the Chiefs go 1-1, one and one, the Chiefs would win the division by virtue of a better division record. That was thanks to that weird Oakland loss a couple of weeks ago right. that Denver had. And the Steelers and the Jets would win tiebreakers at 11-5 and five and get into the playoffs as wild cards. It is possible that Denver, after the start that they had, is not going to make the playoffs now. Listen, I still can't get my head around the fact that Kansas City is knocking on the, on the door for that division title. Because I'm like, oh yeah, they're 1-5, they're dead in the water, and they haven't lost since then. Um, I, it would be. How about this stat about Kansas City? The Royals are the last team from Kansas City to lose. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And I mean, they won the World Series. You were with me, right? Along with everybody else in America, the counted out the Chiefs. You're like, all right, you guys are done. Whatever. Andy Reid doesn't have it anymore, and this was a bad idea. And now they can't lose. And for you know, like you said, the the magnificent start that the Broncos had. Now with the you know whatever's going on with them in offense, they can't. They can't seem to get it together. And that was a tough loss to Pittsburgh. That was just a tough. They were up big. Then I got that turnover late. And you're like, all right, they're going to finally do this thing. And they just could not get it done. I mean, it's a huge win for Pittsburgh. Give them all the credit in the world. But you got to wonder if in that locker room they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> is, are we in the Titanic? Is this thing actually going to sink? I got to be honest with you. I think other AFC teams are looking around going, please be the Broncos and the Jets and not the Steelers. Oh, God, yeah. Nobody wants to play Pittsburgh. Like, they'd actually rather play Peyton Manning and the best defense in the league than the Steelers right now. You can't cover those guys. You can't cover them. It's, it's, it's over. It's over. when you They're going to score 35 points a game. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. I mean, unless Roethlisberger gets hurt, you're done. Yeah. You cannot stop them. So, like, I would bet if you asked all the coaches, who would you prefer to get in? Of the three, which one would you want to be out? Everyone would pick the Jets. They want the Jets to get in. Yeah. But between Denver and Pittsburgh getting in, I promise you, anyone would say we would way rather have Denver and Peyton Manning as their quarterback in than Pittsburgh right now because Pittsburgh as a wild card could actually win the Super Bowl yeah Pittsburgh can like you said they're going to score 30 to 40 points and Denver's not going to do that so if you're in like a a knife fight with Denver and you're like maybe a field goal late we can win it we can we can test their defense but how are you going to stop Antonio Brown and the rest of those wide receivers? My three-year-old throws the ball farther than Peyton Manning does right now, okay? <laughs> so trust me, the defenses aren't worried about him right now. Yeah, no. It's, it, and on the NFC side, by the way, to, to throw this in there, I don't think anybody, everybody's like, oh, God, here come the Seahawks. I don't think anybody's excited the Seahawks are putting together this late run. No. Well, they're in, so you know, yeah. you're know, you done with them. They're not going to win their division, which is the good news because you won't have to play them in Seattle. That's yeah. the good news. But like the way they're going right now forget it you don't want to play them either they're another one everyone was wishing someone would come along but the entire nfc as a whole is a sinkhole and nobody can be better than nine and you know the 10 wins is going to easily get you in this year there's not even a challenge for it so it's unfortunate but they are going to get in but i'm amazed at what's happened to denver here and i you know one and one just to end whether manning or osweiler is the quarterback they're playing the bengals this week and i know they got a backup quarterback too they could the way they're going. They could easily lose that game, and if that happens, and the Jets somehow beat the Patriots this week, they're going to be out. They're not going to get in. They're going to be out. The Chiefs are ending up at home with the Browns and the Raiders. They're going to win those games. That means they're going to win the division. Okay, if that happens, and I, uh, th that seems completely reasonable that 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 could very well happen this weekend. If that does happen, 
Is that it for Peyton Manning? Yes. I think this is his last year no matter what. No matter what. Is, oh, come on. I'd be mean, like, come on. He can't play again. He, right. he cannot play again. He's got nerve damage in his, in his arm, so he can't throw the ball far. His neck is seriously, I don't know why he's playing now. I feel like I'm covering my eyes every time I watch them because I'm afraid he's going to get hurt and get carted <laughs> off of the field. Now he right. can't run. They said his foot injury, his, his agent put out a statement. I don't know why his agent put out this statement, but his agent put out a statement saying sometimes the injury he has in his foot takes a year to heal. Well, then why is he playing in the playoffs then if it's going to take right. him a year to actually heal and he has a noodle arm? Like, what? how can we even think this guy should even be close to being on the field right now that they have to go with Osweiler, who clearly in clutch situations over the last couple of weeks cannot get it done. Yeah, no, he can't. Well, I'll tell you what doesn't help uh, Peyton either is in the pregame warm-ups when you bring your three-year-old out there and your three-year-old's throwing those things on a rope and Manning's like, this is just intimidating to me. Can we stop this? Yeah, well, you know, the good news for them is though Steve Harvey has announced that they have already won the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, so um, I did a crazy thing in fantasy football this week in my semifinals. Um, I pulled a bunch of veterans and put in a bunch of new guys because of all the injuries out there. And I played Bryce Brown and Fozzie Whitaker and um, and Tim Hightower tonight as of Monday Night Football. And I may end up getting eliminated. Um, this is partly because um, Chip Kelly's a dick and doesn't play DeMarco Murray anymore, who was my first-round pick this year. And Matt Forte, we thought, was a bad matchup at the Vikings, and we decided to go with the guy from Seattle. What a mistake I've made. So my season is very much on the line after having the best record in my league. So my season-long fantasy uh, hopes and dreams might get dashed, which means this weekend... I might be playing some one-week fantasy football, and if you use our code TALKING, your first tournament is risk-free. That's any contest offered on FanDuel at up to $10. You win. You keep the money. You lose. FanDuel will refund your account for more play. FanDuel, the best place to play one-week fantasy football. Building a team is easy and fun. You pick your players. You just got to stay under their cap. Entry fees are as low as a buck. They offer basketball, hockey. You can play fantasy sports for cash any night of the week. FanDuel's not just for large tournaments. You can set up your private leagues as well. You think you know fantasy football? You can prove it at FanDuel.com. To get started, go to FanDuel.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, use the code TALKING, sign up now. Here's the offer. If you enter a league and you don't win, FanDuel will refund your money. That's any contest you want, up to 10 bucks. You can then sign up on FanDuel.com using my code TALKING, then make a deposit, choose your league. If you don't win, you'll get that money right back in your account. The only way to get this no-lose offer is to go to FanDuel.com, click on the microphone, and use my code TALKING. FanDuel.com, where it can finally pay to be a fan. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Try it out today. And welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut. Mark Stern is in Washington, D.C. All right. Um, biggest on-air gaffes of all time. Steve Harvey is clearly in this class now from what happened with Miss Universe, and we'll go through what happened. If you have not seen this yet, it's, it's I, I might be the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. It's terrible because it go and as you we'll talk about this, but it doesn't get corrected. No, two minutes. There's it goes like, two minutes. It's like a couple of minutes and it's the worst possible thing that could ever happen. Yeah. Um well maybe we'll get to the biggest ones afterwards. I started to write a list. I'm trying to think what was the what was the worst on air gaffe that has occurred. I guess what was it, CNN calling Gore winning the election in Florida, maybe, because they called that. And then the whole yeah. that's when the whole hanging Chad thing started happening, and they had the recounts and the recounts and the recounts, and Bush ended up um, winning the election. I think in sports, I guess maybe this wasn't a call, because Mike Tirico got it perfectly, but the fail Mary where there were two referees calling two different things in the Green Bay-Seattle game, right? that comes down, I guess, that, but that's an officiating error. As far as broadcasters screwing up live on the air, um, I, I, maybe the Howard Stern call during the OJ chase that, uh, that Al Michaels had to call in and correct. That was like a gap. They let somebody on and someone pretended to be in the car with OJ at the time I, that they allowed that to happen. But that was a prank call. Right. I can't think of an actual, you know, big time broadcaster, which Steve Harvey is. Yes, he doing is. Doing something as 
crazy wrong as he did with the ramifications that it had. I mean, it was the most awkward thing on earth to see that happen. So to set the scene, this is the Miss Universe contest, Trump's former contest. I guess he's not in charge of this anymore. Um, And it gets down to the final two. The second runner-up, the way they announce them, they do the second runner-up, which is third place, first runner-up, which is second place, and then the winner. And I guess the second runner-up was Miss USA. When it comes down to Miss Columbia and Miss Philippines. And Harvey comes out there and he says, the winner of Miss Universe is Miss Columbia. And she goes nuts. And she should. And, she, you know, she's celebrating. You know, she's doing the whole hands behind her, beside her face. And she's so excited. And, you know, and they, they actually, Bram, put the crown on her head. Yes. And the sash and the giant bouquet of flowers and the whole thing, and there's music, and there's no speaking, and they're showing the crowd, and they're showing her, and she's, you know, waving and doing the whole whatever Miss Universe thing you're supposed to do when you win, and it goes on for two minutes. And then? And then, you, you gotta watch the video, because you know what's coming, it's amazing. You see Steve Harvey kind of awkwardly walking back onto the stage, right? And there's right. this wide shot, He's, you know, he's like clearly... This is the worst thing that's ever happened to him, at least in broadcasting. I mean, by far, bar none, there can't be anything possibly worse that has happened to him. And he gets on the mic, and he apologizes, and he says it's his error, and he owns up to it immediately, and he's like, look, it's on the card. I just read it wrong. But Miss Universe is Miss Philippines. Yeah, yeah. First runner-up is Miss Columbia. So sorry. You're second place. But Miss Philippines, guess what? And the look on Miss Philippines' face is priceless, because it takes about 30 seconds for her to be like, because she's like, what? I, I won? I won? And she's not believing it. And then Miss Columbia's like, you've got to be effing kidding me. Yeah. You've got, this is mine. I won so, it. It's my whole life. And the next minute is the most weirdest awkward thing on earth. Because there's like, I, I, how do you handle a situation like this when you're the two contestants? Because now Miss Philippines is escorted out to the middle of the stage where Miss Columbia, who has been Miss Universe for two minutes and is wearing yes. the crown, is standing there, right? And the woman who gave her the crown and gave her the sash and gave her the bouquet is kind of trying to figure out a way to get the crown <laughs> off of her head and yeah. put it onto Miss Philippines' head. And Miss Philippines, like, kind of looks like she wants to grab it, but, like, clearly doesn't want to take it off of her head. And now Miss, it's like neither one of them know what to do. Like, the right thing to do at that moment is for Miss Philippines to just, but who knows how you're going to react in a moment like that because it's so shocking. It's for yeah. Miss Philippines to just hold Miss Columbia's hand and just stand there. Give with her a her. hug. You know, and that's yeah, give it. her a hug. Give her a hug and don't take the crown. Don't do any of that stuff. Just, just kind of act like we're both winners here, you know, and like, and, but, you know, but nobody knows what to do. Nobody right. knows what to do. So the person who's trying to get the crown doesn't know whether to take the crown and eventually she takes the crown and then Steve Harvey's still kind of apologizing and then like the place is, you know, it's making bizarre noises like when Ronda Rousey got knocked out and like, you know, it's the most craziest thing you've ever seen scene and like you know and then these two people who are trained to act a certain way on stage because when they practice to be in these pageants you have to smile a certain way and walk a certain way and handle yourself a certain way well this is the most awkward thing ever that's been put in front of them you don't practice this like what if Steve Harvey gets it wrong in the end neither of them know how to act or what to do so yeah. it is so the it's it is human interaction of a kind and sort that you will never ever see and it is unbelievable and you have to watch this right now yeah you really do and listen i've i've never been running a pageant and i don't believe you have either but you and i have been on stage and in front of cameras in front of microphones an awful lot in our career and i'm always paranoid that i'm going to do something like this like if i did this i'd be like it was only a matter of time so i feel so bad so badly for Steve Harvey, who is a great legendary broadcaster, yeah. and he just read it wrong. And I, got, I don't know how it was the layout of the card, and I saw the card. It's just like, dude, you can't do that. And I, and I say that meaning like I probably would have done something similar to that at some point. He read it wrong. It's That's all it, it is. He read it wrong. He made a mistake. He owned up to it. And the best was he went on Twitter. Okay, and I wrote these oh, down because it's so yep. funny. The first, I know, a lot of spelling <laughs> the first tweet he said... He said, I'd like to apologize to Miss Columbia and Miss Philippines. And he misspelled both Columbia and Philippines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's tough. 
autocorrect, not helping him out there at all. Yeah. And then he, this was his second tweet that I saw this morning. He said, secondly, I'd like to apologize to the viewers at that. I disappointed as well. Again, it was an honest mistake. His grammar is not even close to being yeah, correct. <laughs> that tweet, not even close. Yeah, I'll give him credit for trying to get out there fast, but it's like, I mean, and again, there's no like, I mean, you don't go through that in dress rehearsal and be like, okay, now if Steve announces the winner's wrong, this is how we're all going to act. Everybody's completely off the off the playbook at this point. It's like, oh, my God, what do you do? What do you do? It's just – now, I will say this. This probably is the best thing, short of winning it, that could have happened to Miss Columbia because yes. now she could go on the circuit. She could go No one ever remembers the runner-up. No. no one ever, and- ever, ever remembers the runner-up, but now she gets to be – the person who was Miss Universe for two minutes, and no one will ever forget this, and so she gets to ride that momentum. So if she was going to come in second, it's the best possible way she can come in second. And if she's smart, she will do ads. She will she will have great humor about this, dep- you know, self-deprecating, all that kind of stuff. If she's smart, she gets on that kind of train, and that will propel her into what I'm assuming is you know, modeling or acting, whatever it is she wants to do, or I, I don't know. I shouldn't say that like that. I'm I'm just assuming that that, that would be what I, you, you know. Listen, do. I make mistakes every day in broadcasting. We all do. Oh, I mean, like, especially if you're on the air a lot. And I'm sure yeah. Steve Harvey's made a ton of little mistakes, but these are the ones you can't get wrong because they live with you forever. And I, I I was scouring trying to think of what are bigger gaffes that have occurred on air at a moment like that, and I can't name one. No, I, I really. I mean, the closest I can come is not an on air, but it was when the newspaper printed a. Dewey wins over Truman. Yeah. And you have the great the great picture of Truman hold up the paper and be like, really, jackass? Because I yeah. think I just won the election. Yeah. But that's, nice job, that's a newspaper. Moron. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, uh, I mean, I heard John Feinstein drop an F bomb during a Navy game one time oh, because yeah. he was because he was just pissed about a bad call by the refs. <laughs> and, that, and that's pretty egregious. You're like, really, John? Yeah, you but you that. know what? Like so cursing on the air, I'm always concerned I'm going to do that. Because clearly oh, if anyone too. who listens to this show knows I don't mind dropping the word fuck every so often if i feel like it's an appropriate time to do it and i'll gladly do it so i'm always concerned that like every once in a while i'll get into some kind of conversation and it'll just pop out of my mouth it never has i've never cursed on the air in a place where i'm not allowed to curse don't jinx yourself man don't jinx yourself come no. on i had one i had to apologize on air for but it wasn't a gaffe like this i just i did a highlight and that that sports center didn't find funny and they made me apologize on air afterwards there was a it was a highlight really? of a baseball game in houston and um the, somebody hit a home run, and the ball was caught using a car seat that holds a baby. Somebody was in the outfield bleachers with a car seat that holds a baby. And <laughs> okay, then next I'm... to him was, you know, I, I, the guy is the guy who lifted up the car seat, and the ball went into it. And next to him was a uh, you know, girlfriend, wife, whatever, mother of the child. She's holding this infant. And <laughs> and I, I saw it. I was appalled. Okay, I have little kids. I was just, this is so ridiculous. These people are here at this place with this infant and using a car seat for that reason. I just made me nuts. And I saw this and I go, what is this, trailer park day at the Houston Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, actually. And, uh, <laughs> and they made me go on air and issue an apology for that. I had oh. to go on air and issue an apology for that. Uh, my friend, I want to get him on and talk to him about this one day. Max Bredos. Do you remember what happened with Max? A really good friend of mine at ESPN. So during the, do you know about this, the Jeremy Lin stuff? Do you, do you recall uh, this? Oh, oh yes. So, yes, yes, so yes. when Jeremy Lin was having that sensational like three-week run with the Knicks where he was like scoring a million points and Lin Sanity was born and it, he was the biggest story in sports by far, Max goes on the air one night and he's on with somebody and Lynn had what was an average game for this run. So the, the title wave was crashing and it was coming back to earth that he was going to go back to being like a normal NBA player and not like the second coming of Magic Johnson or something or whatever was going on there for a while. Right. And right. Max goes on the air and he did the highlight of the game. He turned to the analyst and he just just in passing, he just said tonight, you know, it was something about his game. He said, is that like a chink in the armor to his game? Right. And. This went like three or four days passed, you know, and then suddenly, I don't know, someone got mad about a headline that someone wrote, wrote chink in the armor as a headline reads a lot worse than what Max did. And they they put the hammer down on Max. They gave him a month suspension. That's right. It was for, a month. They suspended him for a month. He's a really good friend of mine. Max is married to an Asian woman. Yeah. So I was like, 
Are you kidding? Like, if you are trying in any way, shape, or form to insinuate that he did something with any kind of racial intent, you're out of your mind. Like, you've got the wrong person here. And that is a common phrase that is used. And it was not meant in any way, shape, or... It wasn't like he winked at the camera when he said it. It was like... It was totally innocuous when he said it. And I couldn't believe they came down on him like that. But they treated it like it was this horrible thing that was said on air. Yeah, no, I, me- I remember when that, that when that went down and when I... Because, you know, I'm down here. I don't know the, the characters involved up there like you do. And when, when the details start, you're like, he's married to an Asian woman. You see the clip of it. You're like, he didn't mean anything like that. And yet, you yeah. know, it's it's I don't know. It's sometimes it's like, oh, we have to make an example of something, even if it's not worthy of it. And uh, tweet us, though, um, at Talking Heads BW or um, at me, Real Bram W or at Mark Stern, M-A-R-C-S-T-E-R-N-E. If you could think of someone who was on air, did a bigger gaffe than what Steve Harvey did, because I can't come up with one. I can't think of one that was bigger at that at a moment like that, that they picked the wrong thing. Um, one quick story I wanted to get to you and just to get your quick reaction to. Um, Kelly Stafford is the wife of Matthew Stafford, the quarterback of the Lions. Um, she is under tremendous heat today because she bought tickets to the game that's in New Orleans, the Monday night game, Saints-Lions, but her grandfather got ill. She can't attend them, so she's selling them, okay? And people are like, hey, asshole, your $100 million quarterback, do you really need to sell tickets for $5? Because some of them are for sale for $5. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) The the optics of that don't look very good. Um, she probably should have been better off as saying whatever. We'll just give them to somebody. We don't need them. Um, That's what she said. That's what all the fans are saying. They're like, you have a hundred million dollars. Can't you just give these away? Like, do you really, really, really need the twenty dollars you're going to get from this? Or, the, or all the seats? Now, this isn't like you know two hundred or five hundred dollar tickets. They're like twenty dollar tickets. Well, she was trying to sell some of them. I guess good seats for like a couple hundred bucks, I think. But there were some for sale that were for five dollars. Okay, well that's ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, that's just because it's look, I don't have that much money. And if I had, a, I've had to eat tickets for a couple hundred dollars for her, though, five dollars. Come on, twenty dollars. Unless it was like a block of tickets where they all cost five hundred dollars each, then I would understand that. But that small amount of money, and I know it's her money, she's do whatever she wants, but that's that's pretty pathetic. Pathetic is not, I mean, come on. I mean, really? Yeah. Really? Give them really. away. Yeah. Say, yeah, just give them away. Hey, any Lions fans in, in New Orleans want to go to the game? I can't make it. Give me a call. I will send you the tickets. Now, okay, I've got a story that, that reminds me of that, although not, not on that level. I, I had season tickets to the Hoyas for, for a number of years, and there was a group of us, there were about five or six guys, and, and the biggest game, obviously, is Syracuse, right? And we love that. And one of the guys couldn't go that weekend. He and his brother were like, no, nah, we can't make it that that weekend. So we ended up putting them on, you know, the web and, and sold them and sold them to a Syracuse fan. And we crushed our bread. We're like, seriously, so you're not showing up. And now a Syracuse guy is going to be sitting here yeah. with us during this game. You're an asshole. And we fucking hate you. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate it. We crushed him so badly. We hazed the guy in front of us. He wasn't even that bad a guy. And the Hoyas won, so it was all, everything was good. But we were like, dude, how dare you give up your seats? And if you're going to give them up, give them up to a Hoyas fan. Call us. We'll find a Hoya fan. Don't you dare. It was just despicable what he did. Yeah, you should start calling him Kelly Stafford from now on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kelly. Hey, we'll Kelly. have a food drive for you a little bit hey, later. Hey, Kelly, on. what you going to do that's, with your tickets? Kelly. Yeah, that's five bucks. Please go home. It's the holiday season, a fantastic time to spend time with your family and your mom's living room is not the only place that that can happen. If you're in the Bay Area, why not go see Steph Curry take on LeBron James? The game is going to be amazing. You can get the best deal possible with the SeatGeek app. Demand is going to be high for a sold-out game here, but my code Talking will get you $20 off of it. Here's how it works. You download the SeatGeek app on your iPhone or Android, then you search for your event, find the deal that you want, enter our code Talking, and when you make your purchase, SeatGeek will pay you $20 via check or PayPal. They pull all the ticket boxes and selling options from the other ticket sites into one place to save you time. They know the fair market value of every ticket. They use that information to show you the best deals and help you find underpriced seats. Also, if you have tickets you can't use, SeatGeek will help you quickly sell them to another fan. Hate those sneaky 
hockey fees at the end. SeatGeek has the lowest fees of any ticket site out there and always shows you the full price up front. So to redeem your promo code and get your $20 check, download the free SeatGeek app today. Enter promo code TALKING in the app. SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase for the NBA, NFL, and Best Concerts. Try the SeatGeek app and don't forget to enter our code TALKING for $20 back. And this holiday season, we want to thank and acknowledge our listeners. Thank you for the time you spend with us each week. We're dedicated to giving you a worthwhile show every time you listen, and we love to hear from you. So tweet the show at TalkingHeadsBW. You can contact me directly at RealBramW or Mark at Mark Stern, M-A-R-C-S-T-E-R-N-E. Check out all the Panoply shows at Panoply.fm. We wish you and all of our listeners a very safe and happy holidays. And if you want to do a really nice thing for us, This is a word-of-mouth experience. Uh, We don't have the type of platforms like radio and television where people just automatically know you exist. So please share us with your friends. We could use the downloads. Trust us. Give us a Christmas miracle of turning our numbers upward. Yay! Welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein. I'm in my basement, people. Help me out here in Connecticut, March 3rd is in Washington, D.C. I wanted to tell two quick um, great media stories, I thought, from 2015. One was kind of recent, and one um, was not so recent, but I just wanted to bring them up as we kind of bring the year to a close. And then for our final show of 2015, I'm just going to spill my guts about what happened at ESPN and uh, why I'm not there any longer and what I plan on doing next in 2016 and what I plan to do to resolve getting my life back together um, after turning my broadcasting career upside down, which I'm not intending clearly to, to leave it, but I just want to talk about... What I did, why I did, and I guess I just need Mark to, to listen to me. I'm all here right, for anyway. you, Bram. Lay <laughs> so, down. Um, Tell me all your thoughts. Thank you very much. Um, there was um, an incredible story that went under um, underreported here earlier this year. You know, teams are often um, involved in broadcast media outlets now. They take ownership stakes in a lot of them. Recently in Washington, Ted Leonsis um, has his own network called the Monumental Network. He owns the Washington Capitals, the Washington Wizards, and the Washington Mystics. And um, Comcast Sportsnet is the local um, content provider of all of those games. They have the rights. Ted Leonsis basically threatened to take the rights and put them on his own network if they did not give him a share of Comcast Sportsnet. Comcast Sportsnet, knowing they'd go out of business if they did not do this deal, gave Ted Leonsis about a third of the company to keep the rights in perpetuity on Comcast Sportsnet. So now, therefore, he is a minority owner in the network that is going to show the games and there's a lot of issues that you know clearly journalistic integrity issues that go into well now you're working for the guy who owns the team so what can you really say I lived that for a period of time when I worked for the radio station that is owned by Dan Snyder and the Washington Redskins and I was a reporter for the station that wasn't owned for them and then I was a reporter for the one that did and there was always all this chatter and talk about how would I be biased once I went to that other station and the truth was I wasn't but that was my experience I didn't have a problem the Redskins never tried to censor anything I said about the team and I, and I prided myself on being as truthful and honest about my coverage of them well in Detroit earlier this year um, the Detroit Lions um, their games were on a station there for a number of years sports talk radio station and apparently they did not like this particular host named Mike Valenti, I think who does a morning show there, but he's a very popular morning show host. And the Detroit News found out from him that, that once the Lions decided to not re-up um, their rights fees with that station and move to a different station, the Detroit News found out why. And it was because the Lions went to that station and said, if you do not fire this particular show host, you cannot keep our games. And the station stood up for the show host, which, I, I mean, is the right thing to do for them, even if it's the wrong thing to do from a business perspective. So I applaud that station. I think it was WJR. I applaud them for standing up and saying, you're not going to tell us how to do our programs here, even if it means that we can't have the type of relationship that we've had in the past with you. No, you can't do that because when, when, when you accede to those demands, then you become, you know, a, a puppet organization you know, or Pravda, you know, from the old Soviet Union where, you know, and, and from the story that Valenti, because Valenti wrote this piece saying, yeah, it, you're hearing about whose fault it is. It's my fault. And he goes and he walks you through it. And, you know, scenes of, of, of according to him, of the PR guy from the Lions 
you know, getting screaming matches with the general manager of the radio station and browbeating him, you know, about how he's presenting material about the Lions, how he's talking about him. Can he be more positive? You know, nitpicking what he was wearing on set because he was talking negatively about a team who, in all honesty, was terrible for a long time. They deserved it. Valenti said he's like, look, when they win, I'll talk positively about them, but they don't win. We have to criticize them. And so you have to have that freedom as a broadcaster or as a journalist, because if you don't, then people are going to look at you with a crooked eye and say, well, why should I believe anything that you're saying? Because you appear to just be a house guy, you know, a house boy for that team. All right. So that's what happened in, um, in Detroit, in New England over the fall. Um, there's been a lot of stories about Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero, um, who is very close to Tom Brady. In fact, in a business partnership with him, they have they actually have some like health supply chain or store in Patriot Place um, uh, in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And they're they're basically Brady has attributed a lot of his well-being and health and the the extension of his career to the degree that he's playing um, and the level he's playing at to Alex Guerrero and for all of the ways that he has trained him and teaching him how to have the perfect diet and all of that type of stuff. And Guerrero, um, when he was vetted by the papers recently in Boston, they found that he had once made a drink called NeuroSafe that, that uh, suggested it could help you prevent and heal concussions that the Federal Trade Commission actually denied a license for. He's had some false claims where he has uh, has suggested he can help terminally ill patients live longer lives up to five years longer by following dietary restrictions that he gives them. And he's had a number of other issues that he's uh, false claims about treatments and that type of stuff in his background. But he is um, someone who Tom Brady um, basically believes in and says that his career is a testament to. And so, you know, listen, obviously there is a suggestion here that Guerrero might not be giving Tom Brady things that are legal. Um, They're not going to outright say that because they can't outright say that, but they're suggesting that he has doctored a number of supplements, which is a quote unquote word for who knows what's in it to help Tom Brady along. And it's an easy leap to make that we better just be careful here that Tom Brady might be associated with someone who is dealing with products that may not be legal at this point in time. And they can't outwardly say that, but that's what the insinuation is. So his name's been brought up, Mark, a couple of times, all right? And so there's been some pieces about him, and Brady has stood by him and not really said a lot about him, but but talked about him in a good way. And he's a guy who practices physical therapy without a license. I mean, there's just a lot of little background things that make you wonder exactly who who is this guy? Yeah, it, it appears as you read through a lot of this stuff, and, you know, we're filtering it in from, you know, wherever we're getting this information, but... It appears if the only guy that truly believes in Guerrero is Tom Brady, and everybody yeah. else is a little bit like, I don't really know about this guy. But, you know, Tom likes him and Tom swears by him, so we'll cut Tom some slack. Now, if it came out, and God forbid, that it, if if there was something that this guy was doing and, and Brady was taking some substance, and I'm not saying he is, but if that's the case and that's how it I, turned out. It would be horrible. That would be, be horrible. I mean, to say it would be the biggest scandal in sports wouldn't even begin to, to describe it. I mean, th- th- this it would be horrible for everybody. Tom Brady, whether you like the Patriots or don't, he's one of those guys, and we talked Cal about Rickin. this before we started the, the show today, it's like Derek Jeter. You don't ever want to hear Derek Jeter's mention with doing yeah. anything wrong. He's just one of those, right, He's just those are the guys you're like, I need to believe in somebody, and those guys are champions of the highest caliber so i'm i need to have faith in those i need to be able to put them on an island just say i believe in you guys and if something comes out you're like oh my god it just it just it's too much yeah i mean listen mark mcguire sammy sosa and barry bonds mushroomed into these superhumans and so like we're all just kind of like all right we all know what you were doing you know like it's just ridiculous tom brady hasn't done anything like that he's just extended his career to a degree that you normally wouldn't at his age and play at the level that he's played at 
and maybe all of it is natural, you know, and I, I want to believe that I, I kind of yes. look at Tom Brady as American royalty and I really right. don't want to think he did anything unseemly to get to where he got to. And I certainly hope that this guy didn't guide him down um, the wrong path, but there's just a lot of strange things about it. And in the reporting by Ben Violin, which is, so they put out another story recently, there's been a few of them now. One of them also discusses that this guy, Alex Guerrero has a training room that is separate at the stadium from the medical trainers of the Patriots. So he can work on players alone and not under any kind of real medical supervision. And that's just another one of those little things where you go, Mm. "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) That's just, there's something not right about that. You know, like, I don't think that there's these magic cures. You can rub a bomb on somebody, whether it's illegal or illegal substance, you know, legal or illegal substances. I don't believe in that stuff, but I don't know. I don't like it. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't jibe and it doesn't feel right. And I think it's okay that this was uncovered by good journalists like Ben Violin. Well, Barstool Sports is a great blog, but it basically blasts people and it's a clickbait <laughs> blog, but it's good. You know, I, I follow it. I like it. Um, right. They're, they're the person who runs it, David. Um, why did I forget his last name? But it, whatever. He went after this guy, Ben he's Violin. He's known as El, El Presidente. Isn't that his, how he's known on, this, on the site? El what is Presidente? El Presidente. El Presidente, right. So he goes after him and he basically says, he's up in Boston, so he's just like, Tom Brady right. wins Super Bowls, this is his guy, That there's no story here, shut up, basically. <laughs> and he's like, you suck. And then they got into this back and forth and um, and Ben Violin tweeted him, he said, come swing by the press box and I'll show you how journalism works. And then this guy, El Presidente, writes back, he goes, I'm not a journalist, I'm a businessman who's gotten rich profiting off of inept journalists like you. And I felt like, that was a shocking low blow for a story that does merit examination here. Like, I get it, okay? I get it. You want to protect your boy Tommy, but like, um, I'm sorry, but there is way too much smoke kind of circling around this to not take a very close look at what's going on here. And again, I'm not accusing Tom Brady of doing anything, but clearly the practices insinuate that there's something going on there that is at least worth looking into. That reaction um, from Barstool, which by the way is a terrific website. I I, I follow it too. I love it. It's I'm a New England kid. There's a lot of stuff up there that I really love, and I love the, the way they sort of deal with stuff. But that just that reaction that you got from him towards uh, the Boston Globe, that just gives you a small indication of what the, the, the lashback would be from, from everybody in New England if that started to really bubble up. People were like, I don't care, all right? I don't care what you're talking about. Tom Brady's a freaking god, and you're not going to sit here and tell me that he fucking cheated, all right? I'm not going to go through this again, all right? People cannot handle that up there. It would be, I mean, I can't tell you how devastating this would be to the psyche of an entire region of this country. Yeah, you know, there's also this, like, feeling of Tom Brady's great and he's been persecuted, so stop persecuting him. And in particular, the local people should stop persecuting him. And I guess I understand that, but this story has merit. And it is worth writing, and it is, it is, there is still a delineation, and I'm glad that El Presidente said, I'm not a journalist. There is a delineation between people who put up a site and pretend to be journalists on some level, and people who work for valid news organizations and vet stories and do proper journalism. And that delineation has been blurred significantly over the years by sites that just come out and start writing whatever they want to write for clickbait. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with clickbait. I'm not saying there's anything wrong or there's not a place for Barstool Sports. I follow it. I like it, too. It's interesting. Their writing's funny. They find but funny things. it's different things. from it's journalism. But yeah, for them it's to not journalism. this guy, who's a very good journalist, over a story that has merit and is worth discussing and worth looking into, I thought was below the belt and way, way outside um, outside of where their comfort zone really should be. They want to criticize him for writing it just by saying, leave Tommy alone. I'm okay with that. Telling him he's an inept journalist when everything I read pointed to this deserves further examination, and I am maybe I'm not glad they're doing this because I really don't want to see Tom Brady exposed for anything but being someone who's a great American athlete, and I hope it doesn't lead in that direction, but that story made me sit back and go, Okay, you know, again, like with the Patriots, they seem to be, you know, a team that is willing to try and do just about anything, and we need to keep an eye on what's going on here. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to acknowledge that, but 
You have to. I mean, listen, hopefully there's nothing there. Maybe this guy, you know, he likes to use leeches and just it grosses people out. That's why he has the private room. I, I, I like use leeches. I, I like leech. You bleed, you bleed. Tommy, you bleed. You play well. You play wonderful. <laughs> Who's the barber here? <laughs> you have a small toad or elf living in your stomach, and that's why you're not playing well today. <laughs> right. What should I do to improve my humor? Well, what we need to do is put this lead ball on your forehead. I mean, yeah. By the way, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I listen, I don't know. I just know coming from that region and knowing how – I mean, listen, I still freak out when people crush David Ortiz, and there's a lot yeah. more evidence about David Ortiz. And I'm like, no, he's a national treasure. You can't say anything about him. But, you know, if, if listen, if these guys do something, if there is a story – then journalists out there are obligated to go find these things yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, listen, Spotlight is out now, and it's about the Boston journalists who had to take down yes. the Boston, you know, the Boston church for right. all the sex scandals and how difficult that was to go after community leaders who clearly weren't community leaders, but like had to go do that. And and I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's amazing. And how what an incredibly difficult task that had to be. And I'm trust me on this. Ben Violin and the Boston Globe are not trying to take down Tom Brady and the Patriots. But the news is the news, and the stories are the stories, and journalists are, are supposed to examine things, and this is worth examining. And it's not right to take them down for doing their job, especially when they're doing a good job. And that's what this is. Maybe this guy is a great physical therapist, and maybe he's got dietary answers, and maybe his supplements are all natural, and I hope that's the case. And I hope that that's what extended his career, and I hope this guy can help a lot of athletes extend their career and help older people you know, live longer lives. I hope that that's the case. I hope that that's true. But if it's not, because we haven't met anybody who's these magicians yet, who have the fountain of youth, because they haven't really existed in our world, it is worth stepping back and saying, who is this guy, basically, when the government has chastised him on numerous occasions in the past? I will go out on a limb here, and I'll say that more than a few people lashed out at uh, Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward and said, how dare you? How dare you toss these allegations around about the office of the president? This is scurrilous reporting. This is you know yellow press. How dare you pursue this investigation of the president of the United States? Well, we all know how that turned out. And I'm not saying... You know, that's sort of the same thing going on with this. But when you have a lead and you have a story, again, as a journalist, there's a difference between being a journalist and somebody running a website just looking to get people to click on it. It's completely different. And the Boston Globe is not some fly-by-night paper. It's the Boston freaking Globe. And if you have journalists there that say, hey, I don't know where the story's going to take me, but I got leads and I got questions. I got to get some answers for it. That's what they have to do. That's why we need great journalists in our society today. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I listen. I can make a lot of claims. I know the keys to a short life, and I'm, I'm living them. I eat a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of red meat. <laughs> I like cigars, booze, all kinds of booze. You know, yes, just terrible behavior in general. And like, right. so if I, you know, if anyone wants to work with me on those type of things, I'm here for you. <laughs> like, it sounds like I could do that with, I don't know, Ryan Tannehill or someone like that. <laughs> he doesn't seem like he's got the makeup of a Tom Brady. But if there's like a quarterback, like a Matthew Stafford, you know, who likes making the money but doesn't really care about having longevity or breaking records, I'm their right. guy to be their trainer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come hang hey, out Matt, with me. I, I, Matt, I know you're not chewing tobacco. I think that that's a move we want to make here. Yeah, yeah it's going to look good for you. Let's yeah. do it. Now, all that all that said, I'm, I'm with the Barstool Sports guy on this. Leave Tom alone, okay? <laughs> Stop it already. He's a great American hero. Shut up. Leave him. He did it. He's done everything right. Tom Brady is the greatest man on the planet, and they should fucking yeah, leave him leave alone. leave him alone. All right? Take that to the bank. And that's it for us this week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>